If you think you know about mental illness, think again. This is We Are Hope, the radio program with host and co-founder Sean Perry. Mental illness has reached an all-time high in this country and beyond. We're here to break the stigma through change, discussion, and support. Now, here is your host, Sean Perry. Hello and welcome to We Are Hope, Breaking the Stigma Through Change with me, your host, Sean Perry. I'm coming to you live from Space on Main in Bradford, Vermont on the Voice America Radio Empowerment Network. We Are Hope is a nonprofit organization that brings anxiety education, coaching, trauma-informed interactive services, suicide prevention, collaborative problem solving, and emotional CPR to individuals and schools that are struggling to find affordable support options. We partner with school districts anywhere in the country to support students that are struggling. We support them in a way that has never been supported before in a public school setting. We bring services directly to the child in a one-on-one setting five days a week. This allows for a level of consistency that is unmatched in our public school system. If you know of a school or a child that can utilize our services, please send me an email at radio at wearehope.org. That's radio at wearehope.org. You can also contact me via phone at 802-440-1428. Again, that's 802-440-1428. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at We Are Hope Inc. Again, that's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at We Are Hope Inc. And if you would like to book me for private consultations or bookings um, for uh, anxiety education and talks around uh, the growth mindset, you can also reach me at radio at wearehope.org. So today, I have the honor of speaking with my friend, Mr. Oryx Cohen, CEO, COO of the National Empowerment Center. Oryx, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, and, and thanks for all the great work that you're doing. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. You know, you like us, are working really hard out there to change the way in which people um, support mental illness. And to me, that's just powerful because I think in one of the trainings you and I did together, I I had said, uh, you know, so often it feels like, you know, uh, me and James are the lone men on the island and there's nobody there with us. And when we get around people like yourself and Dr. Fisher and um, a lot of other people that are in the emotional CPR uh, family, it's so good to know that there's people there that really love this work and really love supporting um, people that are struggling. And so what I want to do really quickly is I want to play um, the Oryx clip, um, and then we're going to talk about it really quickly. I could be on the back ward of a psych ward right now, but instead I'm a member at a country club playing golf with you. You say at the beginning... Um, I could be in a, in, a, in a bed right now, on my back in a bed right now, instead I'm at a country club playing golf. I could be in a back ward. Yeah, in a back I could ward, be in a yeah. back ward of a hospital. Yeah. yeah, let's talk about that. I mean, your life is, 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 is changed dramatically from, uh, you know, its beginning roots. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been, I've been through uh, quite a journey. Um, and... Um, and when I was 26, I ended up uh, in in a hospital, and I've been um, I've been in hospitals uh, two other times since then. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't I don't think it was, it was um, necessary, um, right. but uh, things got to a point where um I, I got into a really difficult um state and I was difficult to be around and people uh felt that uh a hospital would be the place I needed to be and um but through through a lot of work um and healing and finding uh places like the National Empowerment Center, um uh, people like, you know, Dan Fisher and um, many other peers in our movement. Um, I've been able to. I've been able to heal. Find ways to heal. Yeah. Um, and for me, that's mostly been outside of the mental health system. I haven't found a lot of help within the system. Um, right. And uh, yeah, I can say that now I'm, uh, you know, married and have kids and own a house and have a full time job and. 
Yeah, let's um, talk. Let's talk about that job, right? So, <laughs> you are the COO of the National Empowerment Center, right? How did that even? How did that come to be? Yeah, well, actually, um, I think it all started with that first hospitalization in uh, 1999 uh, when I was 26, and um, just seeing um, how other people were treated and how I was treated uh, in, in that hospital was basically like, um, a defective person is the way I felt, right. um, you know, given this label of, of mental illness, um, which for me felt like I was kind of thrown out of the human race. Um, yeah. there was these, these well people over here and these sick people over here. And now I was one of the sick people and my whole life. Right. I had been on the, on the well side, <laughs> but now, right. now all of a sudden I was over on the other side. And seeing how we were treated, um, I wanted to make a difference, uh, and I made a commitment to make a difference um, with some of the other patients. In, That's amazing. In the, in the hospital, and um, yeah, and I've been doing this work basically ever since. You know, I started doing internships with some of these progressive peer-run organizations like Mind Freedom International, um, and. Then I was um, I got a job. Uh, well, I actually started an organization called uh, the Freedom Center, which was a very grassroots which, peer run. Yeah, which I want actually, which I actually want to talk about. But before we talk about the Freedom Center, because you touched on a couple of things yeah. there, or actually t- you touched on how you felt. You know, there was the well and there was the unwell, and how you didn't feel like you were part of the human race. So I want to play this Obama clip really quickly. The truth is, uh, in any given year. One in five adults experience mental illness. One in five. Uh, 45 million Americans suffer from things like depression or anxiety, schizophrenia or PTSD. Uh, Young people are affected at a similar rate. So we all know somebody, a family member, a friend, a neighbor, who has struggled or will struggle with mental health issues at some point in their lives. So... I mean, I don't know about you, but hearing the president of the United States admit to the fact that we have a problem <laughs> right, right. <laughs> in this country and that yes. it's touching the lives of all of us, to me, is powerful. And, yeah. and, and that, that leads to, to this conversation with you around, and, and then we had the Freedom Center, <laughs> right? What, what's the Freedom Center? How did that come about? And, and uh, you know, are there, are there, is, is it still going on? Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I, thanks for playing that clip. Um, it's great that that he acknowledges the problem. I think my my, my issue is that we acknowledge the problem, but we we place um, kind of the blame with the individual. We say, "What's wrong with you know?" There's something wrong with these twenty percent of the population, rather than um, we're all. I think we're we're close. We're like we're almost there. And right. we're not asking the right question, though. We're, we need to be asking, what is wrong with our society Completely that so agree. many people are suffering? No, that, what can we that, do that's to spot, change our society? On. And the Freedom, the Freedom Center was um, an attempt to do that mm. on a very grassroots level. Um, and it's not in existence anymore, but it's, it inspired the work that I do. It led to another job that I had in Massachusetts, and then finally to this um, national job that I have now, which okay. is very similar, where instead of, instead of asking what's wrong with individuals, we're asking, you know, what happened to people? What's happening to people all around us? Why are so many people suffering? Why are so many people anxious? Um, right. And it's, some, it's something in the culture. And so we're, we're, we're all about culture change and... Um, Bringing communities together, uh, we, we've lost a lot of sense of community in our country, and we're trying oh, I, to to fight that. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I know that you know, growing up in in the family that I grew up in, I mean, every weekend was a you know a um, a Sunday dinner. There was something going on in the community, um, and and we just I think we've lost that family dynamic as a whole. And the and the and and the, and the togetherness as a community. I remember community involvement, and that has just seemed to completely go away. Um, you know, one of the things that we we talk about, and you've heard me say this before, is uh, you know we stop looking at behavior and we focus on actually what's behind the behavior. And until we can actually solve that issue, you know what's what's going on, like you said, 
we're going to continue to run into a brick wall and, and, and not really figure anything out. You know, when I speak with uh, a lot of teachers, you know, I also often use the analogy if, if Johnny went and punched Chris in the face, it doesn't really matter that he punched him in the face as much as we like to think it does. We need to find out why he's punching him in the face right. so that we can actually stop the issue. Right. Punishing yeah. him is not going to do anything. We need to figure out what we can do to support this young individual and what's really going on that's even causing him to think that he needs to act or respond in that way. And until we do that, until we get to the root cause, as you know, we're going to continue with these issues. And that's one of the right. problems that I have with right. the mental health uh, field currently is, is we're not focused on preventative work. Exactly. And, and then you find, and then as you've seen with your organization that we see every day, what you do is working. <laughs> once you, oh, once you get doubt. people communicating and figuring out what's going on and, and, and getting to the creative solutions, then even like the problem child starts to to fit in and um, well, and 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 the person that you thought was um, the so called schizophrenic is now a contributing member of society. So Right. Um, <laughs> And that's spot on. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we go into a public school and, you know, based on the contract that we have, you know, where we start off supporting 12 kids um, a day, which we can support up to 12 kids a day, um, we end up supporting over 60 children individually in a school year. No one is doing that. No one. And, and so, you know, like you said, you know, what we do works. We know that it works. People have to open their minds to it to be working. And what you do works and people have to open their minds. And so when we come back, we're going to talk about that. So we're going to get ready to take a quick commercial break. But before we do, if you know someone or someone you know is struggling, please give me a call at 802-440-1428. Again, that's 802-440-1428. You can also send me an email directly at radio at wearehope.org. When we return... We are going to find out about the National Empowerment Center, the emotional CPR worldwide movement. I'm calling it that. It is a worldwide movement. Don't forget, you can check us out at www.wearehope.org, or you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at We Are Hope Inc. If you would like to, if you'd like to know more about Oryx, uh, Healing Voices movie, or the National Empowerment Center, you can follow him at Oryx. On Facebook at Oryx Cohen, um, at at Voices Movie, and at National Empowerment. We'll be back in a minute. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you really want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Fridays at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Please join Dr. Sarah, a.k.a. Dr. Red, on an amazing journey of love, soul, abundance, compassion, and authenticity. Dr. Red is a well-renowned healer, hypnotherapist, author, and speaker who has overcome personal challenges to emerge stronger than ever before to reach out to you and heal you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually for the most informative and enriching experience filled with unbridled laughter and insights on life, health, culture, and society. Tune in to Dr. Red. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to We Are Hope. If you're interested in asking a question or offering a comment about our program, please send an email to radio at wearehope.org. That's radio at wearehope.org. Now, back to this week's show. 
Hello and welcome back. You are listening to We Are Hope, Breaking the Stigma Through Change with me, your host, Sean Perry. I'm coming to you live from Space on Main in Bradford, Vermont on the Voice America Radio Empowerment Network. If you would like to contact me directly, you can email me at radio at wearehope.org. That's radio at wearehope.org. You can also call me directly at 802-440-1428. Again, that's 802-440-1428. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at We Are Hope Inc. Now, we're, we're back here with uh, Oryx. How you doing, Oryx? You holding up over there? Yeah, yeah this is great. <laughs> all right, all right. I love it. So so I want to talk about um, your role in the National Empowerment Center because I've personally worked with you um, a couple times. And... Um, let, and, and not only that, but you travel around the world doing this. And I don't think a lot of people actually know that um, about what you do and, and the National Empowerment Center as a whole, as it is a worldwide movement right now. So tell us a little bit about your role. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm the chief operating officer. We're um, a pretty small uh, national organization. Um, but uh, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm in charge of the daily operations um, and I do travel quite a bit. Um, an interesting tidbit is that we're one of three peer-run uh, national mental health organizations in the country that are funded through our federal government. We're funded awesome. through the Substance Abuse uh, and Mental Health Services Administration. Um, and so we have a federal government that actually um, supports uh peer-run mental health organizations, and we, in, and we in turn, as a technical assistance center, we provide support to several states to help them develop peer networks in those states. Um, so I travel to those states to do that type of work, and we also travel to do a lot of um, training around the world, um, and uh, I've probably been to 10 different countries by now. Um, wow. Yeah. And so, uh, so how? So, so I'm gonna, I'm going to ask this question, which I'm sure you can probably go on and on about. But in a, in a brief in a brief summary, yeah. how important is it for peer run support? Let the world know. Oh, I think it's crucial, and it's um, you know it's really accepted in the addiction world, uh, as you've seen with um, AA and NA and uh, a lot of peer support in the addiction world and. Guess what? It also works in mental health because right. if you've been through it, then um, you're able to to support others who have been through it. Um, so that it's it's a powerful force in peer support, right? In, a, in and, mental health. And so you know that that moves me to um, emotional CPR, which. Uh, you know, last week when I was speaking with Dr. Fisher, you know, we, we, we talked about it, but I wanted to have you guys both on back to back because I think, I think the emotional CPR conversation is so important. And I knew that I wouldn't have enough time in one show to get it done. And I might even have to have one of you guys come back to talk about it right. just because there's so much, <laughs> there's so much with emotional yeah. CPR. But as a trainer who travels all over the world, what are you noticing? Well, I'm noticing that people are starving for for this for for connection, and yeah. emotional CPR was originally developed to help people get through the most extreme emotional crises, mm-hmm. and it definitely works for that. But we're also seeing that uh, it's a great way to build community and to yeah. uh, and for for many people to connect. and And now you're involved, and, um, I love and it. you can <laughs> you you see that you see the utility. In terms of working with young people, I think right. it has a great potential for working with young people. Oh, it does. We uh, left the training. We left your training, um, the first training that we had done. James and I had gone back to the schools, and James sent me an email or a text message that uh, I think it was like a day later or two days later. And he goes, man, he goes, I'm using it. And wow. That's what he, he's just like, wow. You know, oh, this. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he's like, this stuff works. You know, I mean, it's one thing to be an adult and kind of be able to comprehend what others are saying to you and all those other things. But when you're working with a child, you're always skeptical of anything new that you put in. Is this actually going to work? Are they going to buy in? Are they going to feed into this? And, um, you know, I, I like to say, you know, when we shut up and listen, you know, right. which, which we do a lot with in, in emotional CPR, we see such a significant shift in the mind of the child who is just longing for that silence. And longing for right. someone to just be there. Right. 
And then I think another key part of it is uh, the authenticity piece yes. of it that um, it's, it's about being yourself and also sharing maybe not a lot about yourself, but sharing um, some part of how you're feeling, how, how that child that you're with is affecting you. Um, and, and when they see that, you, that what, how their feeling is impacting you, um, they see a person that cares. And I think right. that's what children are starving for is like adults that actually care. Oh, without a doubt. And show, that, and show that they care. Well, because, I mean, look, I mean, the reality is, Oryx, that, you know, um, all professional training when working with, with children and anybody really says, hey, um, you're not there to show your emotion because it's not about you. Right. And so right. we end up having these, this, this very flat affect. But mm-hmm. one of the things that James and I have done from, from day one was we've always got away from that flat affect. <laughs> right. Yeah. And we've always, yeah. we've always tried to build a really solid rapport with our kids. And that's what makes us really good at what we do. You know, we like to say that we can walk into a room and build rapport with a kid in five minutes. Because yes. we're meeting them yeah. on a completely different level, you know. Um, we're not therapists, and quite frankly, we don't want to be therapists. We want to be able to build this rapport with these guys um, so they know that we care for them, that we love them, that we respect them, and that we want to support them. Yeah, I love it. You know, and, and, and um, you know, that was one of the things that I found so amazing. I remember looking for, like, what what's the next step for We Are Hope? What can we really do? What can we dive into that's going to change the game for our organization? I mean, we're, you know, we're already doing something so outside the box that people are just like, wow, that's great. But we wanted something with a, with a foundation that was also well-known. And so we had originally looked at um, – mental health first aid and you and I've had this conversation <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and we looked at mental health first aid and we had taken a course and we said, yeah, okay, there's nothing, there's nothing surprising here. I mean, it, it is what it is, but how does that transfer back to the kids that we work with all the information there? We already knew, but when I found emotional CPR through a friend who turned me on to, uh, uh, Dan, and then, and then I met you the same day. I mean, I was just blown away, absolutely blown away about what this offered. And then when I actually took the training with you, um, again, blown away. Like you said, it created a community. I was in a room full of people that I've never met before feeling as though I had known them my entire life. Yeah, and it was a boys and girls club, too. Yes, yes. <laughs> it was all was folks working with, working with young people. Yeah, it was um, so cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, and if, you, if you're interested in emotional CPR, you can check out our website. It's uh, www.emotional-cpr.org and contact us. Uh, as you mentioned, we're, we're all over the place. It's a growing movement. Um, 15 different countries, eight different languages um, translated to. Uh, we have 50 trainer, over 50 trainers now worldwide. Uh, we hope that you become a, a trainer very soon. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, I, I hope I'll be a trainer very soon. I think I have, I've got another... Uh um, internship to do. Right. Right. Um, and then, and then from there, and and then we'll be training in New Hampshire, which we're really excited about. Again, you know, we're, we're really excited to be part of this movement. Um, as we get ready to go to commercial break though, um, if you could, if you could, if, if you wanted anyone to know something about emotional CPR, what would it be? Uh, I, I would want people to know that, um, it's something that's really for for anyone, and that it can improve uh, relationships not only with children. It can improve improve relationships with your spouse, um, with your colleagues, uh, with your friends. Um, it, it can build community, and yes, and it can also help with the most difficult situations that we run across, um, like suicidal feelings and hearing voices and extreme anxiety. So I, uh, yeah, I just couldn't, couldn't speak more highly of it. Yeah, I agree. And, 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 and I, I second that with, you know, being in, in, in full fledged crisis or just having or utilizing it in a relationship because being there for someone we, I think as a society have forgotten, right. How to just be there with someone, how to be there, how to just be there for someone. And I think emotional CPR takes us back to our roots, um, as human beings and, and, uh, and community, like you said earlier. 
Right, and if you want to be completely selfish about it, I think it's a, a wonderful um, self-growth and self-reflection. Oh, without uh, a doubt, self-improvement. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I completely, I completely agree. So we're we've, we're going to get ready to go ahead and take a break. Um, if you or someone you know is struggling, please call eight zero two four four zero one four two eight. Again, that's eight zero two four four zero one four two eight. You can also send me an email directly at radio at weirhope dot org. Again, that's radio at weirhope dot org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at We Are Hope Inc. When we return, we will hear from Oryx about his movie, Healing Voices. Don't forget, you can check us out at wearehope.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at We Are Hope Inc. If you'd like to know more about Oryx and Hearing Voices, or the Healing Voices movie, or the National Empowerment Center, you can find him on Facebook at Oryx Cohen. Um, you can also find the movie at, at Voices Movie and the National Empowerment Center on Facebook as well at at National Empowerment Center. We'll be back in a minute. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the James Dentley Show and learn strategies for success in business and in life. Dr. James Dentley is a proven success coach who knows how to convert good into great. You'll find out from the achievers and leaders how they got to be the success stories that they are. And Dr. Dentley and his guests will give you the tools you need to follow in their footsteps. It's time to become the best version of you. Listen to The James Dentley Show, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Empowerment. Tune in to Lead Up for Women. Speak up to lead up as we celebrate the influence of women in business and beyond. Your hosts, Colleen Biggs and Dee Daniels, speak with guests who have stories to share, have faced adversity, and have become success stories in business, in their communities, and in personal accomplishments. Join the strong and the brilliant ones and understand that the world is ready for you to be at your best. Lead Up for Women is heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. You are listening to We Are Hope. If you're interested in asking a question or offering a comment about our program, please send an email to radio at wearehope.org. That's radio at wearehope.org. Now, back to this week's show. Hello and welcome back. You are listening to We Are Hope, Breaking the Stigma through change with me, your host, Sean Perry. I'm coming to you live from the space on Main in Bradford, Vermont on Voice America Radio Empowerment Network. If you would like to contact me directly, you can email me at radio at wearehope.org. Again, that's radio at wearehope.org. You can also call me directly at 802-440-1428. Again, that's 802-440-1428. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at We Are Hope Inc. Again, that's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at We Are Hope Inc. Now has been the part of the show that I have absolutely been waiting for. We're going to talk about um, the movie Healing Voices. But before we do that, I want to play a clip called Altered State. I like to call it Altered State. Some people call it psychosis, an extreme state of So, Oryx, that's you um, in the Healing Voices movie talking about the altered state and, and, and your your personal altered state and what was going on. Tell me about this. Yeah, well, I think for uh, altered states, um, often called psychosis, I prefer altered states or extreme states. Or For myself, I actually prefer vision quest. Okay. Um, but uh, I think it's, it's different for... For everyone, 
Uh, all yeah. 50 states are outside of the, um, I guess, the day-to-day normal uh, mental states that we experience. Um, mm-hmm. And for me, uh, it, it involves um, like being in a different universe, basically, is what it feels mm-hmm. like. Um, and um, it, a, a good way to describe it for me is um, dreaming while awake. So okay. I'm having a lot of visions, um, and I'm I'm journeying kind of outside of the physical realm, um, but uh, but my personality is, changes, and I'm um, yeah I'm just very in this other other world and and kind of disconnected from physical folks, and I've been through um, and physical reality. I, and right. I've been through that a few times uh, in my life. And so I think what's what's really what's really powerful, Oryx, is is that you know here you and I are talking about this, and I think that there's and, and I'm sure you would agree that there's a lot of people that don't realize that 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 they can live after this, that there's life after these altered states. Oh right, yeah, yeah. I think, and that's what I heard when I got into the hospital the first time was like, you have this. Um, you have this illness that that will basically get worse. Um, you can manage it with these drugs that we're going to give you, um, but uh, yeah, there's no hope for real, true, you know, true healing. And right. and that that is basically a lie. There is mm. um, lots of folks like me around who have been through these intense experiences um, right. and come through the other side and and. Uh, oftentimes stronger and uh, than than ever before, um, and the reason I, I like to think of my experience as vision quest is uh, because in a lot of native cultures, um, that's that's how they view these experiences, and they actually mm-hmm. uh, purposely go through these types of experiences that are right. guided by a, right. by a leader. Um, and they're integrate these experiences then integrated into the person's lives. That's often how they get their name, um, and so it's much more accepted um, and valued. And then, and lo and behold, what do you, what do you see? It's it's not it's not an issue in those cultures. It's actually a part of the culture. Um, well, there's no shame, and, right? And, and so we get you know you're you're by this you know by those you know within those cultures they're taking away the shame. Where we're here in America, you know, right. there's constant shame put on almost everything that we do. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So much of this is cultural. Right. Um, so yeah, if you look at it, uh, an experience as pathological, as there's something wrong, then uh, then it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy. Right. Um, in, a, in a lot of ways. So this movie um, has, if I'm not mistaken, won, didn't it win something? It won an yes. award? Yeah, yeah. We won an award in the documentary category at the Boston International Film Festival. Amazing. Um, it's, it's been shown um, over a thousand times. In, it's, it's even got more spread than uh, emotional CPR. <laughs> Um, it, it's been it's been shown over a thousand times in over twenty five different countries. That's amazing, Oryx, and congratulations to you and and everybody that was in that movie who was uh, who who found it um, who found themselves able to be vulnerable because yeah yeah that's that's, um, that's and, tough and putting your your I, life to I, the entire I world. Give some cre- Sorry, can I? I just want to give a shout out to the director of the movie, P.J. Moynihan, because um, it's really his movie, and I'm a co-producer, uh, but right. he's the director, producer, P.J. Moynihan. Well, shout out to you, P.J. And you put together a great movie, and and I think not only just the movie aspect, but being able to tell a story of of individuals that that walked through hell, right? That that fought that fought an experience. And so, if if um, what can people expect while watching this movie and how can it change them? Well, I think one of the main things that it does is it humanizes the experience that so many people feel are um, strange or outside or different or pathological. Mm -hmm. Um, it, It really humanizes 
those experiences. And I think the major thing that it does is reduce fear. So, um, you know, there's all these uh, messages through our media that if you go through these experiences, you, 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 you might be violent or you might be dangerous or, you know, watch out for this person, stay away from that person. Right. The, the three main um, subjects of the film are very approachable and we're, we're all, we all go through some stuff, but um, I, think, I think the movie accomplishes that very well of, of humanizing the experience and you really get to know and get to love the, um, the, the characters in the movie. Well, I will say that I did, um, I watched the movie and um, I will say that towards the end, I was kind of thrown for a loop because I didn't expect to actually, it was after you had been at the um, alternatives conference, that whole experience. So after the alternatives conference, what ha- I don't want to ruin the movie for anybody, but what had, <laughs> happened with, what had happened with you, I did not expect. So I was like, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's a definite twist in the movie. Um, yes. And I wasn't actually, uh, it was, it was a five-year process of filming the movie, oh, wow. and, and my role in the movie was going to be more like an expert or kind of the the guy that rep- represents the national movement. Right. I wasn't going to be a central um, subject until my story became quite interesting. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then we were right. like, oh, well, okay, I need to be a central subject now. Right. Um, so not to give away too much, but yeah, something quite interesting yeah. happens and um and it i think it humanizes me it was definitely um i had to think a lot about whether i wanted to put that in the movie oh, i can but, imagine um yeah i'm glad that i did well i'm glad that um, you did um, i'm glad that you did because i got an opportunity to to really see you if that makes sense and and um i i, I just thought it was super powerful and that's going to bring me to this next this next thing um surviving psychiatry um you've said that before it was said in the movie um but before we do that i want to play a clip from dr bruce levine or medicating more and more younger and younger kids before they achieve any kind of political consciousness I mean, that's one way to subdue resistance so what is mental illness it's behavior decided by a committee at the american psychiatric association who creates the dsm which is the psychiatric diagnostic bible they're up now to the dsm-5 we know for one thing that 69 percent of them have financial ties to drug companies so 60, what do you say, 65, 69% of them have financial ties to drug companies mm-hmm. and, and they're in charge of the DSM-5. I mean, this to me is powerful, right? And it's powerful in the sense of what are we doing here, right? <laughs> I mean, and, and, right. And, 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 and we use this term surviving psychiatry. So t- talk to me about uh, surviving psychiatry. What does that mean? Because it sounds like it, it's a big survival. Yeah. Um, and and I think a lot a lot of people don't, don't make that connection, even though it's um, actually right now it's pretty much in your face every day. If you watch regular TV, you're going to see how much our culture and media is dominated by the pharmaceutical industry. Almost every right. other ad is about some drug or, or, or other, and and that's actually only legal in one other country, which is New Zealand. Oh, wow. so, the, so the drug companies are bypassing the doctors, and they are direct to consumer advertising for these for all kinds of different medications not just not just mental health and that has led to um, yeah a psychiatric system that is basically owned by an industry which is mm. the pharmaceutical industry right. and so a lot of us do feel like um, we have survived uh, kind of a corrupt um, corrupt uh, industry, which is um, psychiatry. And so here's a really important question. Um, I think for all the people that may have, that are listening to you right now, that may be currently struggling or know someone that's struggling, how can others survive? You know, coming from someone with a lived experience, how can they survive? Um, Well, I think, I think first is, is awareness and, and, uh, and just being conscious that what what you're being fed uh, is it may, it is influenced by by money um, by big companies um, and so 
also to question it. It's not to say that um, if you're if you're prescribed a drug and that drug is is really working for you, um, to to just say screw it and not do it. It's you know these drugs can work for a lot of people, but it's it's just saying have this awareness of 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 why the system operates the way it does, and have an awareness that there are alternatives. That it just it doesn't have to be only drugs or you know there there are other options right. out there like peer support yoga acupuncture um, managing your sleep exercise uh, hence this alternative conference know, that making we're both friends, going to um, having meaningful work uh, all we t- all we talk about is uh, drugs or therapy right. and and both can be beneficial but if if we're talking about it as the only thing, that's where you get into the surviving psychiatry, because that's dangerous. It's not. Yeah. Those those are two things, and all those other things that I listed are probably more important <laughs> um, right, than right. than either of those. You know, um, and we're not supporting people to develop real friendships, to find meaningful work. I mean, ninety percent of people diagnosed with mental health issues are, are un, unemployed or underemployed. Right. Um, so though I think we're not looking at the core issues and, and, and if, and if you're not working and if you're not, if you don't have, um, meaningful relationships in your life, supportive relationships in your lives, in your life, that just becomes the cycle where of course you're going to feel worse. And then you're going to, then you're going to get more diagnoses and you're going to get more treatment and, Right. Um, and we're trying to create a spiral the other way, and we're seeing that. We're seeing people yeah. make these amazing recoveries and healing journeys. Awesome. Well, listen, it's time for a break. So if you or someone you know is struggling, please give me a call at 802-440-1428. Again, that's 802-440-1428. You can also send me an email directly at radio at wearehope.org. Again, that's radio at wearehope.org. When we return, we will discuss the solutions that would be helpful in this mental health crisis. Don't forget, you can check us out at wearehope.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at We Are Hope Inc. If you would like to know more about Oryx, Healing Voices Movie, or the National Empowerment Center, you can follow them on Facebook at Oryx Cohen. You can also follow the uh, Voices Movie at, at Voices Movie and the National Empowerment Center at National Empowerment. We'll be back in a minute. better business achieve that goal make good on that resolution the voice america empowerment channel it's your world motivate change succeed if you are ready to be inspired energized and entertained you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at be the star you are radio.com live every wednesday at 4 p.m pacific time 7 p.m eastern time on the voice america empowerment channel listen for our lifestyle show star style be the star you are with our host cynthia bryan then on sundays at 3 p.m pacific 6 p.m eastern teens talk and the world listens on express yourself teen radio play with us at be the star you are radio.com and the voice america empowerment channel listen for mindful matters love sex spirit hosted by dr dory lynn dr dory is coming back sexy savvy and with sage advice from nearly eight decades of life experience it's not retirement, it's refirement. It's fun, it's deep. Listening just makes you feel good. If you're looking for straight talk without all the bull in the world, be sure to tune in to Dr. Dory and Mindful Matters, Love, Sex, Spirit. Live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Make an appointment listening right now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are listening to We Are Hope. 
If you're interested in asking a question or offering a comment about our program, please send an email to radio at wearehope.org. That's radio at wearehope.org. Now, back to this week's show. Hello and welcome back. You are listening to We Are Hope, Breaking the Stigma Through Change with me, your host, Sean Perry. I'm coming to you live from Space on Main in Bradford, Vermont on the Voice America Radio Empowerment Network. If you would like to contact me directly, you can email me at radio at wearehope.org. Again, that's radio at wearehope.org. You can also call me directly at 802-440-1428. Again, that's 802-440-1428. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at We Are Hope Inc. So we are getting ready to finish up the show here in a little bit, but I want to finish really strong and I want to ask Oryx, um, we have a mental health crisis in this country. In your opinion, what can we do? Well, I think the fundamental thing we can do is see this crisis as a community crisis um, and not an individual crisis. So, again, mm-hmm. I've, I've said this before, but I, I think it's important to, to emphasize it, that instead of asking what can we do to fix all these broken people, we need to ask what can we do to fix our broken communities. Yeah. And... Um, and then once you ask that question, there's a lot. There's a lot that you can do to be a part of the solution. You could. Right. You can. You can form a neighborhood club. You can host people at your house. You can um, join uh, community groups. Um, right. You can. You can volunteer at a school. Um, you can have. You, you could. You, you can could, have organizations could, like We Are Hope right. coming into the school and supporting kids. Right. right. And, and, you can support We Are Hope. You can um, <laughs> right. take emotional CPR trainings and bring it right. to your community. There's just so many things that you can do. Yeah, that's so, that, that's so true. And I think that's I think that's spot on, uh, Oryx. You know, y- you you know one of the one of the major causes I, I believe in this country uh, for divorce is that there's always the blame put on one or the other, and neither one of the people want to sit down and say, what is the problem in our home as a whole? Because it's never just one person's fault. And so the right. same with our communities, right? When we talk about mental illness, you know, when we, not even that, when we talk about our kids who are struggling at, um, at school or struggling here or struggling there, we also have, we have to go back to what's going on at home and what is the root right. cause to these, to right. these struggles. Right. And then more importantly, how can we as a community rally behind? But I will say that one of the things that I've noticed, as I'm sure you've noticed, over the years is, um, you know, what happens in my home is my home's business and nobody's, you know, it, it, we're also, we're also, um, yeah, right. Private, right. This, this is private, this privacy, um, where, you know, you who travels all over the world, I'm sure that you see this, this, uh, influx of community when you travel to other countries. Yeah. And I love, I love the way that you, um, you, you made, you made it real tangible for people, I think, because, Actually, the place to start is your own family. And right. um, what happens so often is th- it's oftentimes the child is having a problem, and then the family says, what's wrong with this kid? Let's fix, mm-hmm. the, let's fix this kid. Um, right. Rather than saying what's going on within our family dynamic. There may be some things going outside of the family dynamic, but what are, what's going on in all the relationships? That's, right. That's not. That's the question that we're not asking. So true. And um, and when we do that, uh, for example, there's a um, therapy called open dialogue therapy, which is uh, all about the the family and what's going on in those relationships. It doesn't view psychosis as happening within one person. It views psychosis is happening between spaces between people and so it's right. it's all it's all interconnected and so they bring families together and communicate and it's not about you know identified mental patient over here and the rest of the family over here it's it's there's an issue let's right. let's let's all talk about it and um, just this dialogical approach which is very similar to emotional CPR by the way um, has the best research results in the world we're talking 80 yeah. percent recovery rates um for and, that's, and that's amazing and, and and that's amazing so orcs as you know the name of the show is breaking the stigma through change 
in your opinion, how do we break the stigma through change? Yes. And I, I love that term, actually. I, I, I'm a big fan of your work. Um, and well, Thank you. Uh, yeah, because I think that's the only way that we can break stigma is through change. Um, I, right. I don't think we break stigma by wearing T-shirts that say bipolar <laughs> on them. I think that actually um, increases stigma. It's actually the definition of stigma when we internalize those labels that have right. been put on us. So true. How we break stigma is through change. And and so I say I have this, I've, I've had this label put on me, but look, uh, I am now I married and I have kids and I own a house and I have a full-time job. Um, right. I'm not stigmatizing myself, I'm, so you shouldn't either. And it's right. because... It's because I'm I'm walking the walk. I'm living a good life. That's that's how we break stigma. We show that despite our experiences, we are just as valuable as anybody else, and maybe and and have a lot of gifts to give right. back based on our experience. That's awesome. That's a that's a that's an amazing answer, and I think it to me, I think it's spot on. And and I just want to thank you for being on the show today, Oryx. I mean, it, it was great having you. Great talking to you. You and I are going to be talking soon, anyway. We've got some work to do. Um, but as we close, I just want to thank you for being on the show. It's been really great having you. Um, if you guys would like to know more about Oryx, like I said earlier, in the Healing Voices movie or the National Empowerment Center, you can follow him at Oryx Cohen on Facebook and at voice movie on Facebook and at national empowerment on Facebook as well. As we close, I'd like you all to remember that someone, you know, or someone that you love, or maybe even yourself is struggling in silence right now. Today is the day they no longer have to. Today is the day that you or they can reach out for support. Today is the day that you no longer have to be alone. Today is the day that you get to reclaim your voice and break the chain of silence and get the support that's needed. We Are Hope is here to help. We believe in your strength even when you do not. Give us a call or reach out via email at 802-440-1428 or info at wearehope.org or radio at wearehope.org. If you would like to contact me directly, you can contact me about the show at radio at wearehope.org. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at We Are Hope Inc. Until next time, remember that it's not, that it's okay to not be okay. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the We Are Hope radio show. Please join host Sean Perry again for another edition next Thursday at 12 noon Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope to have you join us again next week.